1: Hey, it's Monique, welcome to episode 65 of the show. I hope you're having a good day. Thanks so much for tuning in. So with the Brown Vegan Podcast, I love to share strategies on how to embrace a practical vegan life to make this a lifestyle change and not just a simple diet to lose weight. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And you can also follow me on social media. I'm Brown Vegan Everywhere. And that includes YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I have another guest for you today. I have Michelle from World of Vegan. And we just talk about how you can finally ditch the dairy. I know dairy is a struggle for so many people. And so in this episode, she's going to break down why you should do it. And we're going to also talk about some strategies on how to do it as well, because that's important too. You know, it's not just telling people why they should do it and then leaving you hanging. We want to also go over how you can make that happen for yourself. We also talk about vegan relationships, her vegan wedding. We talk about why it's not a bad thing when companies come out with vegan versions of popular products and things that people will recognize. So, yeah, um, it's just great. You know, I love doing this podcast because I get to connect with so many people that I probably wouldn't be able to see or talk to outside of social media so this is a great platform to do that on and I just highly recommend that I guess as my vegan tip of the week is to find your community make sure that you connect with like-minded people you can use social media to find people locally and also you can use meetup.com just go in and put your zip code and find some local vegetarian and vegan groups in your community so that you can get the accountability that you need it's always helpful to be around more seasoned vegans if you're somebody who's just getting started because it just makes the process so much easier for you so yeah I guess that's the vegan tip of the week I actually didn't even have a tip before I started recording but that is the vegan tip of the week find that community and make it happen so without further ado let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with Michelle and you can get all of the show notes and everything we mentioned at
2: brownvegan.com
1: so as always I want to find out why you decided to become a vegan
2: Let's see. My vegan journey started a long time ago. Uh ever since I was young, I was a huge animal lover, but of course, grew up eating animals, drinking milk, all of the things <laughs> that most of us grew up eating. Um and when I was pretty young, I was around 8 years old when I just kind of made the connection between uh, the food on my plate being an animal. Like my mom made some offhanded comment, like, "Oh, did you know that?" Liam is like, "We're eating lamb tonight," and we just watched that lamb in the video, and I was like, "What?" Oh, it was, was, really <laughs> was really slow to make the connection of what I was eating. But yeah, that at that moment, I kind of pushed my plate of meat away, and my mom was like, "Well, that's called a vegetarian." So <laughs> that's kind of how the whole food journey started because I just like became a little bit more conscious. And then when I started learning about factory farming, I got kind of passionate about advocating for for vegetarianism because I thought a lot of people just don't know that this is happening, like me, like had no idea what's happening behind closed doors. Um, and then in college, I actually was at a used bookstore and just picked up this book called Animal Liberation by Peter Singer, it was written decades ago. Um, but I just read it having no idea the significance and it, it outlined just the factory farming industry, the dairy industry, all the stuff that's happening to animals um, just on a, on a regular basis in our society. And I was horrified and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go vegan. Um, and then it took me a couple months to kind of fully get there, but then there it was. And that was in college.
1: Okay, it sounds like, of course, you had already made the connection as a kid because your mom was like, okay, we're having lamb. <laughs> so you made that yeah. connection. Do you think a lot of times we don't make the connection because we use different names to identify our food and we don't see it with the face? Like, you know, a lot of times in America, we don't see fish with a head on it. Um, we call cow, we call that beef. Do you think that's why it's such a disconnect for most people, and they don't really see themselves as eating animals.
2: Yeah, yeah. All the packaging that's on your plate, it has no resemblance to the animals that it came from. And we're so distanced to to that process. Like, unless you grew up on a farm, and you know, you were seeing your animal friends taken away, and then showing up on your plate, like, uh, it's just so distanced. And I think the other thing is, I used to babysit a lot. And I was vegetarian at the time, but I I didn't really talk a lot about it, but the kids would notice. And these are like you know, young kids, five to 10 years old. Um, And they would ask me about it like, why aren't you eating meat? And I would just say, you know, I I love animals. I don't want to eat them. And they would be like, oh, like I don't want to eat animals, but my parents would never let me do that. And I just kind of like sit back and see what happens. And there's a point in these kids where they say, oh yeah, I don't like that either. I don't want to do it. And then when their parents say, no, that you have to eat this way to be healthy or whatever, They just forget about it. And they lose that point of of innocence, like the decision has been made for them. So they never actually make the decision on their own. Um, And it's just I've seen that with so many kids. Yeah. (laughs) and it's it's Interesting to just kind of see that process from the from the other side. Yeah.
1: So your mom, it sounds like she was supportive of it, or she didn't really have much to say. Is it kind of like she made dinner and she just didn't put the meat on your plate when you were growing up?
2: Uh, yeah my parents were pretty supportive they um they never told me I couldn't do it but they told me just like okay well you're gonna be making your own food if you don't want to eat what we're making so I'd eat a lot of cereal and a lot of pasta and I just became like pretty independent Um, on on that front early on and my mom would still just make sure I ate a lot of vegetables and things with nutrients but yeah my mom was always a pretty health-minded and then yeah, I think they they thought it would be a phase. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so they probably just thought, oh yeah, like let her do her thing. But that it never ended. Um, and yeah, when I was a vegetarian, I ate a. I was always very picky, so I ate a pretty limited diet. I ate a lot of pasta, a lot of a lot of cheese, a lot of yogurt, a lot of dairy, a lot of cereal, like pretty bland, boring stuff. When I look back now, and it wasn't until I switched to vegan in college that I was like, okay, what am I going to eat now? I want to be healthy and then I just this whole world of incredible food opened up to me and that's when I became really passionate about food and cooking and just like the whole world of plants that's open to us that I had just never discovered and most people haven't discovered like my husband he's from Ohio and um he's moved since here to California where we live together but his whole life in Ohio he had never seen a full avocado or kiwi or mango like those were just not part of anything he was a- ever grown up around and i was like what like <laughs> these are stable foods but it's equally shocking how i who had a pretty a pretty like varied exposure to foods living in california still had never eaten so many things mm-hmm. uh, that now are just like a regular part of my diet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I think that's true for so many people. Like we grew up eating the same five or six fruits and vegetables. And then that's why when people decide to be vegan, they're like, what in the heck am I going to eat? Because I don't eat vegetables that much now anyway. So I definitely agree. It's something about veganism that really forces you to... Uh, look at uh, other options and see what you can do to make this work because I was a vegetarian too and I feel the same way. I ate a lot of cheese, uh, I just ate a lot of pasta. I still eat a lot of pasta though, so I'm not even gonna pretend yeah. I don't. <laughs> but um, yeah, I felt like that too. It was more, definitely more variety as a vegan, which is the opposite of what most people think.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, I, it shocked me. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be doing such a sacrifice, but I'll do it for the animals by going vegan. <laughs> and then, yeah, lo and behold, like, it's so crazy how karma kind of works itself out. Like, you're doing something good for animals or your body, the planet, whatever your reason. And then everything starts working in your benefit. And you start eating, finding just incredible food and just, like, this whole world of amazingness opens up.
1: Yeah. So when you were in college and you decided to go vegan, um, were you living on campus or did you have your own space at that point?
2: I was living off campus. So I had my own space. Um Yeah. And at the time I was already a huge animal advocate. I had started a little animal rights club on campus and, um, I was, I was pretty active with like the local animal advocacy scene. So there were other people around me that I knew who were vegan. Um, and that really, that really helped out a lot, but yeah, I could go to the store and kind of get my own stuff at the store. But at the same time, um, since I was very active on campus, I, I, I started advocating a lot with the dining halls and working with them to make sure that they would offer really amazing vegetarian and vegan options. So I think like at the tail end of my college college time, that stuff started popping up, which was really exciting. They'd even like label things vegan in the cafeteria, which was pretty awesome. Oh, that's helpful. And that was yeah. Ago. That was before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: so, yeah, because it's cool now. You're right. Cause I wouldn't even say like <laughs> six years ago that wasn't cool, so yeah, that's yeah. Dope. That is dope for sure. So I know you mentioned your husband. Was he a vegan when you met him? Or did you did you uh, force him? Like people say, did you force him to do it? <laughs> you better do this.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh, I don't think anything could work out if you force someone to go vegan. So true. Um, no, actually, when we met, we met at the beginning of college, and neither of us were vegan. I was vegetarian. um, But uh, and he was just like, you know, normal meat and potatoes, Ohio boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yep. and then I went, I went vegan, I would always like, I would hold, like, movie screenings on campus showing, like, earthlings and stuff like that. And he was in my friend group, so I'd try and get him to come. <laughs> and he never came. And then just one day, like, at, uh, someone was, did the, this challenge, like, oh, I bet you can't do it. Oh, well, we're going to show you that we can. And so him and a couple other friends, like, tried going vegan. And then as soon as he did, he was just, like, kind of started opening his eyes to the information. Like, he'd watch stuff that I sent him or like watch a documentary, read some stuff. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, I feel good. The food's really good. Uh, now I'm seeing all of these issues that I I'm behind. So I'm never going to go back. Um, which was uh, pretty cool. And that was really soon before we started dating. So that ended up working out really. Convenient. Oh
1: yeah. that worked out for sure. <laughs> did you date yeah. so in the past where most of the guys you dated not vegan or how did that look for you? I can only imagine.
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, none, no one I have ever dated in the past besides Dan was even vegetarian um, or or just had had no interest in these issues or had, had never really considered food. And, and being with them didn't really make them change those thoughts because <laughs> uh, I wasn't really, like, I was just living my life. They were living their life, and, you know, we were together. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it was just like I had always assumed growing up Growing up, for most of my life, I was the only vegetarian. I didn't know anyone else who was. So I just assumed I'm doing these for things for animals and no one else is or will. I just thought, like, this is my own crusade. Um, and it wasn't till like much later in, in college and beyond that I started seeing so many other people kind of waking up to the issues. Um, but yeah, I, I still didn't think, like, I mean, you know, if you're gonna just date vegan people, your pool is so small. <laughs> I know, right? Wait, we're like, what, 2%? Yeah. And then you're going <laughs> to
1: limit that to the 2%? And most of those are probably yeah. women.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, I mean, I think all of us know this. Like, the majority of my friends, like, everyone that I knew and was close to and loved was not vegan. And it's not a representation of, like, whether they're a good person or a bad person. It was just an issue that they hadn't become passionate about or were waked about yet. So fascinating, like, how people who... I've been friends with forever. Like they've seen me be vegetarian or whatever. Like I've been posting stuff forever. But I never push. I never like bring it up with them. And like years, even decades later, I'll get like a message from someone like, hey, Michelle, like I'm thinking about trying this vegan thing. Can you tell me how to do it healthfully? And I'm like, see, you got to find it on your own. Like you Mm -hmm. just got to find it in your own time. You got to want it. You can't like push this stuff on anyone. And I think like by far for me, Um, the biggest impact that I make is not by showing people like this is the way, but just by stepping back and being a resource for people who are ready or who are interested.
1: Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. I love that. So let's talk about your vegan wedding, because I know you got a lot of press when you did your vegan. (laughs) I feel like you did. Am I right to say that?
2: So yeah, I mean, it it ended up getting on Martha Stewart's website. So that was like pretty crazy. Um it, PETA reached out and asked if they could like pitch my vegan wedding to um the Martha Stewart magazine or some other outlets. So that that was like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> hell yeah, my husband, let's do that. Like permission <laughs> <laughs> for this. He was not happy, but <laughs> He you said your husband wasn't? he's he's like uh private. not he's private yeah he's private so uh, he he gets in my videos sometimes and and I definitely like find ways to sneak him into things but <laughs> he's always like a little uncomfortable about it
1: so what okay because he was already at this point he was already vegan of course you were vegan yeah. so yeah. how did it look for your guests then because you like you said most of the people you know aren't vegan so did yeah. you how you got to tell me how did this look <laughs> how did you plan it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, for me, it was never like, I'm just so passionate about what I believe that it was never a question of like, are we going to have a vegan wedding or are we not? It was just like, we're having a vegan wedding. It's awesome. Like, this is our day. This is, this is for us to celebrate like our love. We're both on board with this. So yeah, it wasn't really a question of whether we were going to have it vegan, it was just a question of like, "Hmm, I wonder how people are going to react to this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like, uh, I mean, I was I was planning a wedding on a budget as everyone is. Um, So I, I just kind of had I was curious, because I couldn't afford to get like the uh, most amazing vegan food and those like fancy caterers that like are just going to make everything perfect and you can just sit back and know everyone's going to walk away and say that was the best food I've ever had. So I was kind of like, I, we picked out like food that we loved. Um, or like dishes that were just like we love, we felt like would make people feel full and satisfied and just kind of sat back and were curious how people would react. Um, And if people knew, like I think we, I can't remember if we told people, we didn't make a a big deal, but like word got around that it was gonna be a vegan wedding. So we definitely had like some family members being like, oh, well we're gonna eat before we come. (laughs) but don't look don't we do that anyway though and all our whole life is about eating before we go so whatever that'll be fine <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah you can do that trust you're gonna want to eat this too so i hope you're ready to stretch the belly out <laughs> um yeah and then afterwards like people loved it people like wrote us afterwards being like oh, wow i had no idea vegan food could be delicious and like this was not fancy vegan food this was like you know potatoes and pasta with a pesto sauce and like there wasn't there was nothing super fancy there. It was just good food. It was familiar,
1: they, right? It sounds familiar. Just regular stuff they already eat. That's what it sounds like. Yeah,
2: and then we had fun with dessert. Like we, we really did. Uh, we had a, we ha- have a local bakery, Timeless, in in Oakland that we lived right around the corner from, and that was one of the things that I was like, okay, let's splurge a little bit here because it's kind of. I feel like it's donating to a charity, you know, like by supporting <laughs> a local vegan bakery. I was like let's do this Mm -hmm. so um so we had just like tons we had like vegan donuts and cupcakes and um rice crispy treats like all these things that people are like how do you how do you make this vegan (laughs) (laughs) and then you wanted of course your cake and your desserts to be good anyway yeah yeah so I I I see that I see that Although we had, there's so many options for that these days. Like even Whole Foods makes vegan cakes. Like doesn't Safeway like now carry a a vegan cake? Not one you'd serve at a wedding, but I don't know. You could dress it up. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they do. I have never actually seen it in person. I've only seen it on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I live right by a Safeway. I've never seen it in there. So I guess it depends on where you are. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: for the wedding, like the food was actually the easy part. Um, like we worked with a caterer that had never done a vegan wedding before. So we kind of had to just like send them some recipes, but the chef was as any good chef was, he was just stoked to take on a, a new challenge and killed it. Like it was awesome. Um, Some of the more challenging things with planning a vegan wedding is when you go beyond the food. So you're thinking about avoiding silk in your dress and avoiding those like animal products or wool in the guy's outfits and getting shoes that are not leather. So um, we kind of went like to the to the all out end of the vegan wedding spectrum Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure we were just not harming animals in any way throughout the whole process, which was, it was really fun for me because it's just a passion of mine. And I knew I could use my wedding to create a resource that would help other people planning theirs, So it would be a little bit easier for them. Um, So that was really fun. Yeah, Yeah,
1: (laughs) I want a link you have to send me the link so that um, all the listeners can go and check out all of the vendors that you use for that because I know that's like super important. And it just kind of goes back to what what veganism is overall it's like a lifestyle it's not just your diet so mm-hmm. um i think that's really important so make sure you link me to that <laughs> so that i can yeah, take, care, definitely. take a look at it yeah
2: yeah and if anyone's listening you can just go to worldofvegan.com and search wedding and it'll pop right up um, but i will definitely send you a link um, so
1: another like the main reason i wanted you on the podcast like the biggest part is to talk about how to transition away from dairy that's such a hot spot for so many people which is why they say, oh, veganism sounds cool. I won't eat meat, but <laughs> the dairy. Well, how do I get rid of the dairy? So first, let's start off by talking about why dairy is such an issue. Why should we care about, because a lot of times people say they love animals, but they still consume dairy. So why is that an issue as far as um, what does that do to the environment? What does that do to the animals? And I also want to talk about some steps that people can take to transition away from dairy.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, It's such a big topic that I've been focusing on a lot for the past few years. Um, And so people basically have three types of whys, as it is in general with people thinking of going vegan. it's either for health. Well, it's probably all three. The health, the environment, and animals. um, And then also like workers' rights and human rights and all of that, um, which pretty much stays the same. I mean, when you're talking about animals, it's really the same Underlying issue, as with all animal products, when we're using animals to for profit, they're cutting corners. They're just they're going to be exploited. They're not their their interest is not taken into heart. Um, and in the dairy industry, you just see this like cause so much suffering. So a lot of people don't realize that to get milk, a cow has to a mother a cow has to become pregnant, and then she's producing that milk for her baby, of course. Um, but in the dairy industry, if the baby's drinking the milk, that's less milk for humans. So they actually take the baby away often within like a day or two, sometimes even less after he's born, they'll take the babies away from the mothers, which is like the number one thing that just makes me, I I mean, it's not even like direct physical abuse, but just like the emotional crushingness of thinking about that. And like you, I'm sure as a mother can can relate more than, more than anything. I'm Definitely. not even a mom and already I'm like, Oh, the cows will like bellow out for their young. They'll, they'll cry. Sometimes they won't eat for days. They're just heartbroken. They've carried these animals for nine months and they're just like humans. And, um, that's just heartbreaking. And that's just like the beginning. Like there's so many things we could go into, but, and the dairy industry, the male calves have, very little value, so they're often sent to to veal farms or they're just used for veal. Sometimes they're slaughtered immediately for veal. Um, And the female calves are um, put in little crates and raised up to have to be, go through the same process of their mothers, which is just getting impregnated year after year Have their babies taken away and then they're hooked up. They're not just like milked by hand. Like we have this vision of like the farmer on his overturned pail, like milking a cow. Mm -hmm. But no, they're like they're hooked up to these mechanical milk machines that irritate their udders. They get mastitis. They're, you know, a lot of in a lot of these situations, they're given hormones to make them produce more than they ever have before. So they're just their bodies are just not built built for this and this happens year after year until oftentimes they're so depleted that they're just useless to the industry anymore and then they're sent for slaughter. So mm. it's just, it's just heartbreaking all across the board. Definitely. So yeah, anyone who loves animals or who just doesn't like cruelty, <laughs> I think uh, th- there's like an inherent issue with, with the dairy industry then because it's it's really, it's really a- an awful place for the animals um, so yeah, that's, that's the one thing, <laughs> which is that's huge. Kind of, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what, what led me on this path because I'm such a huge animal lover, but for a lot of people out there, like my family, a lot of people that I know just aren't, aren't, aren't huge animal lovers. So if you're not a huge animal lover, don't stop listening (laughs) well
1: you know what here's the thing because i feel like for myself i don't really i'm not someone who wants to have like a lot of pets i'm not someone who probably would spend a whole lot of time at the sanctuary but i do have a respect for animals i don't even really consider myself like to be the most you know the the biggest animal lover but i became vegan for animal rights though so i mean i wouldn't even discount that i wouldn't discount it at all um i think it's it's still it's still um on a human level it's just we can all relate to that, even if we're not animal lovers, for sure.
2: Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Even, even uh-huh. when you say, like, animals were put here for humans to eat, like, even if you believe that there's nothing natural about the way that we're uh, factory farming animals today, like, the 99.99% of me and dairy on the shelves is coming from the most unnatural situations you could possibly get. Yeah.
1: So what about the people who say, okay, whatever my milk is coming from my farmer, I know him down the street. He is sitting over sitting on that pail that you talked about. <laughs> is that better? Uh, yeah. Do you think that that's better? Or is there even a level, it's just like exploitation all over, so it doesn't even matter? How do you feel about that, like a local farmer?
2: That's definitely less terrible, I would say. Yeah, I <laughs> um, agree. I, I think that it definitely is like going to be less cruel than those that are coming from factory farms, but... But um, in those situations, they're still having to have babies every time in order to produce the milk. And then what happens to those babies? They're probably sent off to veal. Maybe they're not doing it on their farm, but they're probably sent off somewhere to a different a different farm's veal veal facility. Um, there's just the numbers don't work out for it to be sustainable without having these lives that you just have to somehow get rid of. And that's mm-hmm. and and then what happens when they stop producing milk? They're not going to be able to keep having babies forever. Are they just going to like have a sanctuary area on their on their property? Maybe if they're really 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 committed. Um, but in most cases, no. They're then sent off to slaughter. So while they may be treating these animals well that while they're in their care, there's still these inherent issues that that um, the separating the baby from the mom. What happens to the baby? Like the males. That they're probably just outsourcing that to someone else, but they're still contributing to like these these lives that are that are created just for the purpose of us using them, and oftentimes that creates problems. Yeah, yeah. So, I, well, I will say there's like for sure different levels of of um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could get different types of options that involve different types of situations for the animals. Um, But if this is something that bothers you and it bothers you that to see animals exploited, I would say like, why, why bother? And we'll talk about that in a second, but like, why bother? You can get all of this stuff from plants that's healthier. It's better for the environment, but it's kind to animals. Like there's just no reason for us to be doing all of this in the first place. Yes.
1: I kind of cut you off, but you were going to give us another reason for people who aren't animal lovers, how they should look at this as far as why they should ditch the dairy.
2: Yeah. So I think the reason that most people are moving away from dairy in this day and age is because of health um, for a number of reasons. I mean, dairy can be a contributor to a lot of just things that we deal with. It could be acne. It could be digestive troubles. It could be like um, skin issues. There's a lot of just like chronic um, ailments that people deal with on a day-to-day basis and just assume that that's part of life. But a lot of people are finding that when they take out the dairy, those are healing up, they're getting more energy, more clear-minded, just like all of these different things get better when you take out that dairy, Um, which is really fascinating. And when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Like we're, we're told by society that dairy is necessary for our health for our calcium, to get strong bones, all of these things. But really when you look into the history of dairy, those are all just marketing campaigns to sell a product. This is really, I mean, think about how humans evolved. Like we're the only species that drinks the milk of another species. Like this is a substance that was created by a huge mother cow to grow her tiny little calf into like a 500-pound heifer really fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like – through to just nature has created as the perfect growth formula for a baby cow. And then companies are trying to sell this to humans and it's just not designed for us. So our bodies are, are, for some of us, they can digest it. I mean, more than 50% of the world is lactose intolerant to begin with. So they don't even have the enzymes as they get older to digest milk. But for those of us who can like, Sure, we we're tolerating it, but it's not optimal for our health, and it's certainly not needed for our health, as as marketing campaigns lead us to believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you, and and it is silly when you think about it—the fact that we're drinking and eat, consuming dairy in adulthood, and cows don't even do that. So it's like that doesn't <laughs> yeah. really even But that goes back to what you were saying. I mean, it's. So much money at stake. They're making so much money. So um, we're just marketing it as a product because that's exactly what it is. It's a product. So I definitely agree with that. So what do you recommend? Because I know you want to get into that. Some recommendations for replacing dairy or do you feel like it's one of those things that you need to replace or do you just need to completely eliminate it? How do you feel about that?
2: Um, yeah, I, I'm all about replacing. I, if there's something that I've learned to love, just cutting that out completely is really difficult. You know, you have to, that, that's, that's a sacrifice, but there's not a need to sacrifice in today's world. Like if you're just looking for replacing like a, a glass of milk, you've got almond milk, soy milk, hemp milk, cashew milk, like flaxseed milk, oat milk. There's so many types of milk you can replace it with that are cleaner and healthier for you. Um, and then, I mean, the other thing is like when you look at cheese, which uh, you probably experienced this too. But the biggest thing people say is like, "Oh, I'd love to go vegan or I'd love to give up dairy, but I could never give up cheese." Right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we have this like we have this attachment to cheese. And actually, when you look into the science of it, it makes a lot of sense because in cheese, casein, which is the protein in milk, is super concentrated. And actually, when the when the body digests casein, it releases these things called casomorphins, which are morphine-like chemicals that enter the bloodstream, they pass to the brain, and they attach to opiate receptors, and that causes that, like, feeling of pleasure. So this happens, like, nature wanted this to happen so that baby cows were getting this feeling of pleasure and wanted to keep coming back to their mom for more milk. But we're, like taking that milk, giving it to people who don't need to feel addicted to it or don't need to feel attached to it. And then we're condensing it into cheese and then giving that to people. So like, it's no wonder we're really, really attached to cheese. Um, but yeah, just like with milk, it's it, We have so many plant-based cheeses on the marketplace now. Like there's fancy field roast chow slices that you can get at the store. You think um, they're fancy? <laughs> okay, that's, that's my favorite. Miyoko too. <laughs> yeah, Miyoko's is fancy. Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> <And> fancy, yeah. <laughs> Um, but then also you can make your own at home from nuts like cheese sauces, mac and cheese. Like there's you can just get so creative and and find ways to replicate the flavors, the creaminess, the color with turmeric or whatever that anything it is that you love in cheese, there's no ways to make that in a healthier, kinder, more sustainable way. So why not?
1: Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite um cheese that you can buy in the store?
2: That I can buy in the store. Um gosh. I, for the longest time, like daya was the main option. So that, that probably plays the biggest role in my life for, for a non-dairy cheese. Um, just like the shreds that I can use to make pizza or grilled cheese sandwich, or I could put it really in anything. But now that there's so many options, I love Miyoko's for like feeling fancy with a glass (laughs) of wine and like. Yeah, and it's like not even something I did before I went vegan. Like, I was never someone who would sit around eating fancy cheese. But now I'm just like, because I can, I will. <laughs> exactly,
1: right. I feel like cheese has come a long way since I went yes. vegan. Don't you? Feel- yeah, I know you agree. There was that.
2: nothing. There was nothing. Like, it. gosh, when I went vegan, like, I think Daya was just coming out a few years later. But before that, like, they had this, like, rice, cheese, American slices or something that probably had casein (laughs) in them. Like, they weren't even vegan, but they were dairy. It was just bad. Like, it didn't melt. It didn't stretch. Like, it was just, like, these, like, rubbery, (laughs) flappy pieces of I don't know what. Yeah, it's come a long way. And, like, it's a really exciting time because we're just at this explosive period where it feels like every month there's a new brand or a new variety from the brand like that's launching in stores. So there's really something for everything. There's ones with really clean ingredients, there's ones that are a little bit more processed. There's like just anything you, there's fancy cheese, there's spreadable cheese, there's like there's like 50 cream cheeses that are now vegan. Like everything you could ever want exists or you can make it yourself. So it's really exciting time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, just I keep agree.
1: Getting... Once you transition, are you always stuck with the vegan cheeses? Can you
2: eat something else instead? Yeah, not at all. You're definitely not stuck. I know for most people, it's just easier to transition or to, to go vegan when you're just able to take what you're used to and replace it with whatever you find at the store. That's the vegan option. So it's convenient. It's far healthier than the other alternatives so even if it's processed you're still doing a a step in the right direction for your health um most of the time many much of the time um but then there's always opportunities to continue kind of progressing and trying new recipes and trying new things to get cleaner and cleaner and what i see with a lot of people and myself is that it starts out um you're kind of like in this honeymoon period with vegan products where it's like vegan cupcakes, vegan cheese, vegan vegan ice cream, like trying all the things that you can find at the store because it's just exciting that they exist. Um, But then like when you start making some stuff yourself and just cooking more at home, cooking more from scratch, and you realize how delicious the food can be, you also start to feel how good you feel when you're eating a lot more just like kind of whole foods ingredients and that's that's just makes you want it more you know like making smoothies in the morning rather than you know having coffee and a bagel with cream cheese you just start to feel the difference of that so I see a lot of people and myself kind of progressing towards a more and more like whole foods powered diet, for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's always good to me just to have that option, though, because that's one of the things that people are concerned about. They're like, oh, there's so much and there's no variety being vegan. But if you incorporate some of those, you know, uh, alternative products along with your whole ingredients, you will have um, a lot more options. So I agree with them. You know, I think we just kind of evolve as we as we move forward in this journey, you know, like you like you said. So we it's it's definitely important to see that it's not as bad as we think because you're eating yeah. something that's processed. It's like, no, this is actually better than if you were eating conventional cheese for sure.
2: Yeah, um, it's a spectrum and you choose where you fall on it. Um, it's interesting because, um, so I created this program, The Dairy Detox, the 12-Day Dairy Detox, helping people um, learn how to thrive without dairy. And my partner and I, Allison River-Sampson, um, we're at the complete opposite sides of the spectrum. She makes everything from scratch. She's a chef. She is super super clean with her ingredients and so she actually created for the dairy detox a whole cookbook showing how to make your own everything dairy from scratch using like nuts and all these ingredients that you'd never imagine would like turn into a magic cheese sauce um and then there's me who i i really love convenience foods i love being able to go to the store and just pick up the ingredients I need and whip it up really fast. Um, so I have a lot of experience on the processed vegan food end of things. And and while I try and eat as many whole foods as I can, I still just like this, I don't know, I love it. And I feel healthy, I feel, my body feels like it's thriving. I just try and keep it balanced.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's realistic for so many of us. And I think sometimes we can be too extreme. Like you can go to one extreme or to the other. So I love that you're like right in the middle. (laughs) You see the benefits of both ways, which is a really, really good way to see it. I think that's how you stay vegan long term, personally, when you're able to see it from both sides, for sure, because life happens. And I'm sure her method will require you to be in the kitchen a little longer. But knowing that your option is there, too, will keep you going.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Tell us definitely. more about the detox. Um, how is it? How do you set that up so that people can um, go through it? I actually, uh, I, per- I purchased it myself. Michelle didn't give it to me for free because I wanted to support it. <laughs> and it's an amazing course. I love how you guys move through everything. You talk a lot about whole foods. You talk, like you said, about replacements. It's just a really, really good course. So tell us um, what results do your students typically get? And you said it's about it's 12, right? 12. 12 days, isn't it? 10 or 12 days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so talk about some of the results and and how you um, set this up.
2: Yeah, uh, so we want it. it's called the 12-Day Dairy Detox and we set it up to be just 12 days so that it would, and we called it a detox because we wanted it to be approachable, non-judgmental, like for people to feel like I'm curious about dairy-free living. I'm just going to give this a try, or I've heard dairy's not so great for my health. This is a great way to just like dip my toes in and see what's up, um, without feeling like oh my god, if I do this and I uh, don't leave dairy-free, then it's a failure. Like we just wanted it to be very accessible to people um, and a time frame that just is like a, a small time commitment. You know, 12 days anyone can do that. Um, And the way that it's set up is um, when people sign up, they receive a video every single day from my friend Allison and I that covers a different topic each day. And they're not super long videos, they're just like, we tried to make them as concise as we could so that it's not like this huge time investment, but that you're still getting everything you need to know by the end of the 12-Day Dairy Detox about how to thrive dairy-free and the benefits of it, like one day we talk about nutrition. One day we talk about all about milk, all about cheese. Um, We have a day on the environment. We have a day on animals, like at the very end, just to kind of like underline the whys of dairy-free living. Um, And then, yeah, we have tons of recipes throughout that that get people trying, like a lot of people have never made their own nut milk. And it takes two minutes to make, and it's so delicious. Um, and customizable and just like really rewarding that you can stick nuts and water and some whatever in a blender and you've got milk. It's it's just really fun seeing people kind of explore and try these things for the first time. And yeah, we have a online Facebook community where people kind of interact and can share recipes and share their experiences, ask questions as they go through the detox. And uh, it's really fun for us because we get to hear back from people as they're going about it, like seeing what their struggles are, like a big, we thought cheese was going to be the biggest one. But surprisingly, a lot of people were struggling with coffee creamer. I never would have thought what? that because me yeah, huh. but by the vast majority of people were asking about coffee creamer, which is so interesting to me because I go to the store and I don't even drink that much coffee. So it's not something I even look for. But I always feel like there's a million vegan coffee creamers on the shelf. Like Same. you've yeah. got your caramel coffee creamer, you've got this and this and this and this. So I I never would have thought that would be a struggle for people, but a lot of people just never looked in that part of the store before or never like don't know what to try because there's so many or have never thought about, oh, you can just make your own. Um, So it's really cool to see people be like, I can almost do this, but I I feel like I can't live without this coffee creamer and the ones I've tasted are super nasty and like by the end of it, with a little bit of direction they're like oh my god this is so much better than the cow (laughs) milk when i was drinking before yeah Yeah, you know a lot of
1: the the conventional ones as far as i know not all of them of course but some of them are vegan they're not made out of uh, dairy. I don't, I, don't quote me on it. Cause I, <laughs> I don't know right. exactly. I don't they're drink like coffee. so fake that they're vegan. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know. Isn't that bad? <laughs> I know. It's so bad. Seriously. But um, I don't know the ones offhand. But I remember when I was researching it a long time ago, I remember thinking, oh, okay, that's vegan already. Okay, cool. It's like an accidental vegan list or something like right. that. So yeah. That's awesome.
2: I know Coffee Mate just released a non dairy. That's the other thing. If there's a brand you like that you're like, oh, I'm going to miss this. Like, Mark my word, give it five years or 10 years and they will have a vegan version for you. Yes. <laughs>
1: What's the domain yeah. so that people can go check
2: it out? It's just thedairydetox.com. Like I think the big thing, one of the big things to be here is, oh my God, this is so much easier than I thought it would be. Like I, I they just didn't have expectations of them actually loving it and they thought it would feel like a sacrifice detox. And at the end they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I could keep doing this, which... Like, that's the best thing in the world as feedback to hear. But then also we hear from, it's only 12 days. So a lot of times this comes a little bit further down the line, but we hear from our students saying, like, oh my gosh, my acne's clearing up, or like, I feel, so, my digestion feels so much better. Just these things that they didn't expect to be able to happen from making just a switch, a simple switch from animal product to plant products um, actually gives them just a physical difference in how they feel in their everyday life, which is like so awesome.
1: So how do you feel about these major brands um, tapping into um, the vegan industry, the vegan community? And I know it's not about us. Let's talk about that. Do you think that, well, I, I'm giving my opinion, but I don't really think it's about us necessarily, just the demand of people wanting uh, yeah. more options. So how do you feel about all of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're you're right for sure. It's not about us. It's about where's the profit? And that's what it always has and always will be in the food industry. They follow what people want, what people are asking for, what people are buying, and what's ultimately going to support their bottom line for the vast majority of companies. like Vegan companies are a little different because oftentimes they're mission driven. But um, I am so excited by it. I think it's entertaining to see how upset people get by it because- <laughs> <laughs> they do they get so they upset go like, I'll post something about like <laughs> yeah Ben and Jerry's launching ice cream and they are like you're not vegan I'm unfollowing you all these yeah leave it leave it to vegans to like hate hate on the new vegan options <laughs> that are coming I to know, the world right yeah but it's it's really exciting for multiple reasons like one it's just a sign of where the world is going um and it's like kind of a tip oh tipping point as soon as a, one company does it like when Ben & Jerry's brings in a new vegan ice cream you better believe to stay up on trends all of the other ve- all the other like major ice cream brands right. are going to follow and we and they're good like these are companies that can afford to pay for insane research and development insane like product development and testing and can come out with really amazing results so they're putting we're taking these companies that were previously Almost 100% animal product based, and all of their money was going into developing more of that, selling more of that, and suddenly they're going to be spending a, a significant portion of their money reallocated to creating vegan products. So it's, it's and and they're going to have more money and marketing behind them than little vegan companies ever could. Yes, and I've already seen that. Like I watch a lot of YouTube videos, and I saw um, recently Ben and Jerry's was running. YouTube videos, and they were running these. So they're at YouTube ads that would show up before you watch other videos, and they were vegan ice cream cooking videos. They weren't even like really about Ben and Jerry's. You'd see that at the end, Mm -hmm. but it was showing a vegan recipe, like, and they're paying for massive, huge ad campaigns. And I'm like, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is exciting. Yes. Previously, the only way to get that out there is by people with like us, donating to an organization like Mercy for Animals, Mm -hmm. having them create the video and them advertise it. Like, uh, and now there's these huge companies advertising it for us. It's just so really crazy exciting to me. And then just the other part of it is just accessibility for someone to say, oh, but you should support this little small vegan brand that's $7 a, um, a container is just coming from an extreme place of privilege. Most people do not have access to that. The vast majority of people are not shopping at that store. And if they are, they're not about to throw down $7 of their on a thing of ice cream when they could get a a $3 thing over here that's twice as big that they know they already love yes 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 yes. that's exactly
1: my feeling like I think that's the biggest part that makes me so excited about all of this is just making it accessible to everyone because not everybody lives near Whole Foods and like you said not everyone wants to pay that so being able to make it and I'm not saying in a way that I'm trying to shut out the the vegan companies because I definitely prefer them but not everyone can get to that so let's just do what we can to make it easy for everyone because I think yeah. one of the biggest barriers about you know people being vegan is because they feel like it, it lacks convenience. So if we can make it convenient, let's let's do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do and that's it. the thing about people worry about it taking away from support from the vegan companies. And I think it's the opposite. Um, you know, with with tides, all boats rise. Like a- as it becomes more convenient, suddenly more people can go vegan, and then more people are there's there's this huge new like audience that are also interested in these fancy pa- or these like more niche products. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. I ah, just- love
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're talking about all of this because this conversation is just so, so, so important. And, um, yeah. yeah. What about, uh, I know we've been talking about dairy, but how do you feel about like beyond meat being in the, the meat section, <laughs> which is crazy. Like the patties are just right in the meat section. Have you seen that yet?
2: Yeah, it is so exciting. I think that's one of the biggest hindrances to or biggest things that's keeping vegan from being mainstream is you have to shop for these items in a completely separate area of the grocery store. Like you don't just go to yogurt and see all the yogurt options. Like you have to specifically go to the vegan area of the grocery store to find vegan yogurt. So someone who's not all the way vegan and already committed to shopping there is never going to try it. Yeah. And finding ways to integrate these products into where we're already where people are already shopping so that then they can make the des- decision like it opens the doors for people who are not all the way there yet to start trying things. So important. Um, I think the biggest impact that we can make soon is not from people who are vegan but it's from people who are starting to eat vegan things and starting to try vegan things. Um, and it really, I think we really do, it, do a disservice when we try and build this, build this wall around this perfect vegan circle and keep everyone else out. Like, Oh, you eat this, then you're not vegan or whatever. You're not vegan enough. Like it just is this huge disservice to, cause then no one's going to want to eat any of that stuff.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely. If people feel like it's never good enough, they're not even going to try. So that's yeah. why we have to be the voice of, uh, compassion You know, the same amount of compassion we have for animals, we need to have that for people as well. So it's it's the same thing. I mean, because I feel like sometimes people don't remember how they used to eat before this. It's like, dude, you did not. You were there. (laughs) You were right. (laughs) And and when people were coming at you crazy, it made you resent it more. Not It didn't push you towards it. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. But what other tips do you have for someone who is thinking about transitioning?
2: And before we wrap up, yeah, I want to know that. I think my number one tip would be just try, okay, try things, get, approach it with an open mind, like start exploring, but also just be gentle with yourself. Like there's no, even, even ve- me, even vegans for 10 years are not perfect. Like our vegetables are grown in cow manure, like tofu companies sell part of their tofu to like the, deer, the animal industry. Like there's, we can't be perfect. So it's all about just doing the best that we can in every situation. Um, and I think the best thing that you can do if you're, pa- if you're interested in kind of uh, approaching a healthier, more compassionate lifestyle is just trying new things when you're at the grocery store and you see like a vegan yogurt or a vegan meat product, don't write it off, like pick that up, throw it in your cart and try it. Um, try some vegan recipes, invest in a good cookbook. Like, but there's so many resources out there right now. So it's I think it's just once you're interested, then you'll get there just as long as you're kind with yourself and you don't um, don't try and go too far too fast. Cause I I think that ends up causing a lot of people to be like, I can't do this. Forget it. I tried. Um, But just like open your mind and try things and watch documentaries and read books, just kind of allow the information to come um, and yeah, practice in the kitchen, practice eating out, like finding things to order and have fun with it. Like really enjoy it, explore it and um, yeah, connect, connect with what's online that's available for you there.
1: So where can we reach you on social media? I know I'm going to put, of course, all of Michelle's links on the blog post for this episode at brownvegan.com, but where can we reach you?
2: Awesome. Um, So you can, I'm kind of two places, michellecane.com is like my personal stuff. And then World of Vegan is my other one. Worldofvegan.com is a a big part of what I do. Um, And so if you look like on Twitter for either Michelle Kane, my name or World of Vegan, you can find all of that there on Instagram. I'm, I, my biggest passion on Instagram is just at vegan. Um, and then I make vi- new vid- vegan videos every single week that I publish on YouTube on the World of Vegan channel.
1: Yes. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your information. I know this is going to help someone else. And I know it's going to help them ditch the dairy and at least see how unnecessary it is for sure. So thank you for your time, Michelle. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. It was so fun getting to chat, especially since we've been like kind of making videos alongside each other. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) For so long. I've been watching your videos for so long. It was really fun to get to talk today.
1: Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. Also, don't forget to get all of the show notes and resources we mentioned at brownvegan.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you
0: next week